Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. It's pain-free Friday for all on the bench, coast to coast in the biggest way possible, hanging out. The bad seed, the broken day, the bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad others, bad taste, bad life, bad do, bad breath, bad attention, bad vibes. We are live in the Pharrella Palatial, right across the river and through the woods from where Granny gets her purple kush rolled up before the weekend starts in New York City and has a couple of shots of JMO to go with it too. Shake it up. People just pass it back. Directing Travis. I'm kind of passion. Shake it up. All my friends that come around for to flood to party up. Rats on the west side. Bed bugs uptown. What a mess. This town's a tatter. My brain's splattered all over Manhattan. Should it be? Shake it Hey, I'm Pharrell. What's gigging? Carver High Mafia with me as well. Joe Ranieri running it from South FLA with all of that gorgeous hunk, hunk, hunk. We got it all going on for you today. We might even have, um, like, visitors. I don't even know. From outer space. Who knows what'll happen? I got target dates for the NBA. Everything that's happening important in the seasons... As in uh, this summer, into the fall, into the winter, and when they start up, uh, if you will, the second season. This season and then next season, they're actually going to do both. I think we talked about it yesterday on the show. We're going to have basketball forever. Another report says the NBA planning to start next season on Christmas Day, if you can believe it. I always like the five games on Christmas. I actually like the five NBA games on Christmas better than the Thanksgiving uh, Lions game. I'd rather have stale turkey than watch the Lions play football ever. And that's like forever in the history of the world. Uh, We got eight game schedules in the NBA. And I've also got schedules for the best teams. I got everyone's schedule, basically. And we're going to show you the best ones that matter. Because there's teams that are in it that don't matter. The Magic are excited after the NBA approves a plan to resume play in Orlando. Certain coaches could be sequestered when the season resumes. Because they're too old, if you can believe it. They think they're going to give people the uh, Hanta. 
the Corona. G League cancels the rest of their season. Zion gets a stay from an appeals court so he doesn't have to answer questions about taking money to play at Duke. Who believes this guy actually didn't take money to play at Duke with his family? After all the allegations, after all the lawsuits, do you really believe that he didn't get paid to play at Duke? It's unbelievable to me how Duke gets away with murder. It really is. Honest to God. Uh, Phil Mushnick in the New York Post says Grant Napier was unjustly fired and went on a tear on that today. Durant, KD, purchases a stake in an MLS team. We'll do fan question. Plus, in the second hour, we'll talk baseball. Tony Clark says in a statement of players are united in their desire to play and get paid. Too bad they're at a, a you know standstill. The players refuse to take another pay cut, and it's just a disaster. Baseball inclined to allow local governments to decide if fans are welcome at games. So, like, in Texas, they're saying, we'll let you go to Astro and Ranger games. We don't care. I don't think anybody cares anymore about this thing. I mean, they're having parties everywhere. It all started with all the swimming pool parties and Lake of the Ozarks and all the beaches in Florida. And then when the riots started, everybody was in on it. Nobody was wearing masks. Nobody cares if they get that uh, coronavirus. I mean, that's just all. That's a thing of the past, right? That's a done deal. We're all good. Don't worry. You're not going to die. Uh, good luck with that. Uh, Cone, David Cone offers a solution to save baseball. Have another carton of cigarettes. How's that for a plan, Dave? Uh, Tory Hunter has a no trade clause when he played so that he would never go to Boston because of the racial abuse he got whenever he played there. UFC 250 is tomorrow. By the way, uh, we welcome in our radio affiliates. SP Nation Radio and Sports Byline USA, everywhere, and Armed Forces Radio. We're on in the Virgin Islands as well. What up down in the Caribbean, son? This ain't no joke. Like I said, UFC 250 tomorrow. Carver High is going to go off on the terrible pay-per-view plan for this uh, card because uh, no one's ever heard of any of the fighters. And it's just a disastrous card. So why have to pay all that money to see it is the question. Dana says Fight Island's happening July 11th. Uh, Shakur Stevenson about to fight. I'm just glad I got that out in one spit. Uh, he's going to fight soon in Vegas. I love watching this kid fight. There's no doubt. Could he be the next Floyd Mayweather? I don't know if anybody could be the next Floyd Mayweather. NHL facilities open. Phase two on Monday. Max Kellerman, you've heard of him, the boxing guy. He says hockey does not matter. It's not one of the four major uh, sports teams. So what we're going to do today on the show is we're going to spend some time talking bad about Max. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. That's coming up in the second hour where I have a couple of swings at good old Max. You know, speaking of uh, people that nobody cares about, how about Max? We just put Max on the list of people that nobody gives a rat's ass about you, bro. As you're getting stomped out on that cheesy show you do every day. You get stomped out by Smith. I mean, you don't even matter, dude. You could be invisible and no one would know whether you were there or not. Well, if he was invisible, no one would know anyway, would they? Wouldn't it be great to be invisible? Uh, the NFL donates $20 million to the cause. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. How about Breeze? What's he doing? An apology per day? <laughs> he's, doing, he's got a video. He's got audio. He's got Twitter. <laughs> What's he doing tomorrow? We'll talk all about everything in the NFL. And we'll get into some uh, college stuff, Big Ten stuff. 
virus-proofing sports facilities, Premier League, WNBA we're going to do. We got Alabama gymnasts uh, saying there's tons of racism at at college uh, in in that sport, in gymnastics. Plus, crazy blotter, desk, police, this day in sports, all on today's Coast to Coast. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. with you uh back on coast to coast on a pain-free friday and uh carver high and mafia are with me uh i I gotta at least uh throw that out there uh carver high to you first uh when you saw that this kellerman guy uh said that hockey doesn't matter at all and and that uh, no one watches hockey and that it's it's not a um one of the four major sports uh, and then I thought to myself a couple of things I said. The first thing I thought was, you think hockey's bad. Boxing is below hockey. I mean, way, but the boxing doesn't even matter anymore. I mean, I go to every fight that matters in the world, right? And it still doesn't matter. UFC kills it. I mean, honestly, what did you think when you saw that, that guy say that about hockey? It doesn't surprise me. You still have a lot of guys right now, Scotty, that have been doing this. There are guys that still do not understand uh, that people do like this sport. And and the way he said it, you know, not a, one of the major uh, team sports. Like, we've had some discussions, me, you, and Mafia in the past about maybe the UFC has passed it in terms of popularity, things like that. But uh, to say it's not one of the four major team sports is just ridiculous to say. Uh, but I'm sick of it because hockey has their fan base. They are passionate. They love the game. Uh, I, I'm tired of these guys that like to bring up ratings and all oh, these old jokes. Just shut up, dude. I, it doesn't matter because people do watch and people do care. Listen, uh, so uh, the one thing, uh, the other thing I was thinking about about was, you know, I, listen, I think the guy's really good at, at boxing. I think he's done really a great job with boxing. Uh, and, and I give him that credit, right? Fair enough. 
But honestly, like I've watched this other show that he does uh, with Stephen A. Smith. That guy just absolutely stomps him out. I mean, that guy, it's like he's not even there. That's how little his opinion matters on that show. That guy, Smith, just absolutely steamrolls him. And then uh, not only that, steamrolls him, but like it's as though his opinions don't even matter. Like it doesn't matter what that guy says. The other guy refutes everything he says, everything he brings up, he slaps him in the face, everything, every opinion he has, he stomps on his jugular. The guy is never right. He never wins an argument. He has been absolutely uh, vilified and and, uh, just obliterated on that show. You know what it reminds me of? It's like a dog taking a leak on a fire hydrant. That's what he does to him. He just, it's like he just does a little drive by and lifts his leg up and gives him a little OBJ right there in the end zone. Uh, we got him now. Let's go to uh, uh, our surprise guest today. You got to love it. Oh, look at that. Oh, Weeksy. Oh, oh, we got Weeksy. Kevin Weeks. What up? Hey, John Network. Look at, look at who it is. How you doing, Weeksy? I'm, I'm, I'm good considering. Scotty, thanks so much for having me. Uh, everything is, uh, our families are healthy. So that's the most important thing. Family is healthy. Hopefully the same with you and yours, but it is a, a very chaotic time, a scary time and a historic time all in one. So hopefully everybody in your fam is doing well too, my man. My man, it's great to see you, Weeksy. Uh, I have to Thank say, well. I was just talking about, um, you know, Max Kellerman uh, making fun of hockey. And, uh, and and I said, you know, before he got on, I said, listen, the guy's great at boxing. He's He really yes, he is. is fantastic at, at boxing. I'll give him that. I think the guy's phenomenal at that. I said, but on that TV show he does with Smith, he gets just eviscerated. I mean, Stephen A. Smith owns him. Like I said, it was like a dog taking a leak on a fire hydrant that's how bad he owns him on that show the guy literally steps on his face every day and just rubs him out and kills him so when that guy started making fun of hockey as you know weeksy uh i i you know love hockey carver high mafia we're all huge hockey fans i love the penguins more than my family they're five stanley cups i love my family i do i adore them but the penguins i've had a love affair with them for 50 years and i mean to tell you when people talk bad about hockey i get real nasty week c i don't like it don't tell me that hockey doesn't matter it's a that's a fighting words right there you're so right man let me just start scotty thanks for the warm intro man and also just want to echo the sentiments to uh the floyd family and also uh, several other people that have been needlessly murdered and or injured or maimed Um, it's absolutely inhumane to see what's happening so deepest condolences to them uh, we're all grieving together as a black community, of course, and the entire community as well as humankind, really, but specifically for our black community and so many other people that have been behind us. So let me echo that first. That's most important. But to your point, as far as uh, Max, you know, I got I met Max at a fight in Montreal. B-Hop, the great Bernard Hopkins had a fight right. in Montreal against Jean Pascal. And I went to that fight alongside our good buddy, uh, Rich Salgado. So shout out to Big Daddy, uh, our right. great mutual friend. But we went to that fight, and, and I thought Max was great. He did an outstanding job. He's great on boxing, as you pointed out. There's no question about that. But, you know, I've always been a big believer in not really – and that could very well be Max's opinion, but I've always been a big believer in not taking pot shots, per se. You know, and our sport's a $5 billion league. And 
I've got friends in every league, literally every league across all major sports. You know, the great Donovan Bailey, who is 96, double gold, fastest man in the world uh, in the men's 100 meter. And then they won the four by 100 for, for Team Canada as well in the men's relay. I've got friends all over in every different sport. Hockey is the ultimate team sport. No disrespect. And I love all sports because all of them, men and women, are great at what they do. But hockey is the ultimate team sport. There is no sport. There is no trophy like Lord Stanley's Cup, the Stanley Cup. It's the hardest one to win in pro sports. It's the most demanding, physically speaking, uh, in terms of your endurance, the things that players go through to be able to win that. Just to get to the Stanley Cup playoffs, our competitive balance is second and none in the regular season. The great Charles Barkley has said it. There's other great athletes that have said it and know it. Uh, and we, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a mutual admiration society in different sports. So we all respect the different things about each other's craft. But to, for him to say out, outwardly that, uh, that hockey isn't in the big four as far as team, and in general in terms of team sports, well, then he's not, he, he's, not only is he misinformed, but that comes across to me as being a pot shot. We have so many great players and great teams, some of the best athletes on the planet. And you were just talking about the Penguins. I had a great chat with Sidney Crosby. Uh, future Hall of Famer and one of the best players ever played. So, um, and that being said, I echo exactly what you're saying. Shout out to the GOAT, Linda Cohn, uh, for also checking Max on that too. She loves uh, hockey. I'm friends with her. She's really cool. Thanks. And I agree with you uh, in, in its entirety of your blanket statement of every athlete in every sport. And uh, like I said, I think he's great at what he does with boxing. Totally. Uh, and I'll just, uh, you know, I think he's great. And and I know your boy, B-Hop, that's our guy. I love B-Hop, yep. and he's a badass. What a great champion he was. So, I, you know, I, I love boxing. I do every fight of the year. I'm at every event, and, and I respect mm. boxing. Uh, and I've been doing fights for 35 years, so I don't take pot shots at, at uh, anybody, and, and, and that's the deal. Now, here's the deal. I want to get into, after the break, I want to get into, I want to get into the whole Floyd thing. I want to get into the entire race problem. I want to get into sure. all the deep issues when we come out of the break. I have respectfully right now, before we break, 90 seconds. When you were a kid in Toronto growing up and you were playing hockey, wh what was it like if you can in, in like, let it just start the conversation for a minute before we break of what it was like for you as an African-American playing hockey in Toronto? Did people there have issues with that or was it cool? Some people had issues with it, but for the most part, my mom, my dad, uh, my younger sister, loved ones, family extended, we were treated extremely well at that time until I got to play junior in the OHL. That's when it came knocking on my front door when I was 17 years old. But prior to that, because Toronto is so diverse at that time, we were treated exceptionally well. But it was a major endeavor, man, and that was a lonely road. There are only a few of us in the world. Uh, that were black hockey players and that, that were already ahead of us that were older than us, like the great Grant Fuhr, Tony McKegney, and a few others, of course. Uh, Val James, the first black uh, American player in NHL history. So, And the great Willie O'Ree, of course, who was our Jackie Robinson. So it was a, a real huge endeavor. You know, it really, really was a huge endeavor. But first grade, Miss Mahar was my teacher. From six years old in the first grade, I knew I was going to play in the NHL. That was my goal. So when we come back, we're going to talk to the great Kevin Weeks about uh, making it into the league uh, and then what it was like uh, in the league being a black goalie, being a black NHL yeah. player, dealing with racism, 
Uh, and I want to talk about Grant Fuhrer a little bit because I think he was the baddest dude ever. I, I just thought the guy was yeah. sickening playing with the Oilers. It's coast to coast. All right, thanks, Scotty Carver. Hi here with a Sports Grid update. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said there is a chance that older NBA coaches won't be able to be on the bench when the league resumes play on July 31st at the Walt Disney World Resort. Silver said, I think one of the things we know, we've learned a lot about the virus since we shut down in March, and the data is demonstrating that for the most part, and there are exceptions, that it's healthy young people that are the least vulnerable, Silver said. This was on last night's TNT Inside the NBA. But there are also people involved in this league, particularly some of the coaches who are obviously older people, and we also know people at any age who have underlying conditions are most vulnerable. Silver's comments receive instant pushback from coaches, including Mike D'Antoni, and Pelicans coach Alvin Gentry, who is 65 years old, Gentry told ESPN, that doesn't make sense. How can I coach that way? Just came down now. Michael Jordan and the Jordan brand just announced that they will donate $100 million over the next 10 years to ensure racial equality, social justice, and greater access to education. NCAA Committee on Infractions on Friday placed Oklahoma State's men's basketball program on three years probation and banned the Cowboys from playing in postseason tournaments next season. The penalties are a result of a level one violation involving former associate coach Lamont Evans, who was sentenced in June 2019 to three months in prison for accepting between 18 and 22,000 in bribes to steer players from other schools to certain agents and financial advisors. This, of course, comes after Oklahoma State had signed number two-ranked senior Cade Cunningham for the upcoming season. He's projected to be the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft. UFC 250 tomorrow night in Vegas. Amanda Nunez and Felicia Spencer in the main event. They both make weight today. Nunez a huge minus 750 favorite. In other action on the card, Cody Garbrandt minus 148 against Rafael Asuncio. Neil Magny minus 140 taking on Anthony Martin. Sean O'Malley, the heavy minus 500 favorite taking on Eddie Wineland. Also in the UFC today, Dana White says that Fight Island will take place for the July 11th event. NASCAR on Sunday, the Fold of Honor Quick Trip 500 at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Kevin Harvick, the favorite right now, plus 430. Chase Elliott, plus 600. Kyle Busch, plus 700. Martin Truex Jr., Scotty's boy, plus 1,000. And the red-hot Brad Keselowski, winner the last couple of Sundays. He's at plus 1,000 as well. The Memorial will be the first PGA tournament event to allow spectators since the coronavirus shutdown when it's played at Jack, Nis- Nat- Jack Nicholas's Muirfield Golf Club next month in Ohio. The tournament announced via Twitter, thanks to state approval and support from the PGA patrons, will be permitted to attend. The PGA Tour, of course, will restart on June 11th at the Colonial in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm Carver High with a Sports Grid update. Want the edge? Get on the grid. All right, great job, Carver High. Pharrell with you on Coast to Coast and our radio affiliates on SB Nation Radio and Sports Byline everywhere and Armed Forces Radio. Good to have you with us. We're talking to Kevin Weeks, the great goalie, and you know him from NHL Network. He's all over the place on uh, hockey uh, in terms of television. He's a good friend of mine, and uh, I've known him for a long time, and I've always admired him and looked up to him, and he's one of the coolest people I know flat out, and it's good to have him on the show today. Now, let me ask you. So when you see, like, um, 
let's dive into this. When you see like Malcolm Subban come into the league and uh, you see him uh, at any point in your uh, great wisdom and all your years of like when you came in through Owen Sound, Ottawa to 67s, what you had been mm-hmm. through going back in time, did you ever think that you'd see him come into the league? Did you like see him like you? Did you see him saying, all right, I know what this kid's going through in life. And did you have conversations with him about what it was going to be like for him at the highest level? And do you feel like he had to endure ever some of the things that you've had to endure? And do you think uh, he's got great skill as a goalie? Uh, Because I don't think he's ever been able to show his stuff. We've seen him back up uh, everywhere he's been, sat in Vegas for a while and this and that. Do you consider him a friend? And and like, are you watching his career uh, from afar as somebody that cares about his success? Or how do you know him and and how do you feel about him? Yeah, great question, Scotty. I'd say this. um, His older brother, who you know is P.K. Subban, came to my hockey camp as a four-year-old. So that's how long that's I've crazy. known them and, and known their family. And, you know, from that hockey camp was P.K. Subban, Anthony and Chris Stewart, uh, Devontae Smith-Pelly, Wayne Simmons, Joel Ward, uh, Trevor Daly. I can go on and on. We've had probably as, as many as 15 players that attended that camp that, that I funded back in Toronto at the time that all went on to play in the NHL. More importantly, so many other girls and boys that didn't but maybe played collegiately here at the NCAA level in the States uh, here at some played major junior back home. And more importantly, right. a lot of them just had a positive experience with the game. So it created a safe space for that, but specific to Malcolm. Yeah. I mean, I was there when he got drafted and they had their party at his parents' house in uh, 2012. I believe it was when he was drafted by Boston and just, you know, in watching his development, he always had the skill people have to remember, he didn't become a goalie till he was 13 or 14. And then four years later, he's drafted in the NHL in the first round by the Bruins. That's crazy. So he hadn't even played. He's a phenomenal athlete, but, you know, your 10,000 hours, so to speak, of playing the position, he, he hadn't had that. And he was really good in the American League at points, and he started playing really well in Providence. And then he got hit in the throat with that slap shot, which kind of set him back a little bit. So then uh, the former goalie coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, the expansion Vegas Golden Knights, Dave Pryor, who lives back in Ontario in Canada, outside of Toronto, was able to see Malcolm when he was in the OHL in the Ontario Auckland junior. And he urged George McPhee to pick him up and claim him on waivers. And overall, he played well overall for the most part. He played really well in Vegas. They got a goat in Marc-Andre Fleury, who's a future hall of famer. So when Fleury was injured at points, Malcolm got the chance to play successive games, which always helps, especially for a field position like goalie. I like quarterback. If, you know, if you don't play or you play sporadically, it's tough to develop your feel while you're learning the league. So that's kind of the catch-22. But there are instances where he played really well for them. And I think uh, Marc-Andre Fleury had nothing but great things to say about him. He was a great mentor for him. Him going to Chicago now behind Corey Crawford, who's also won Cups. I think he might see the net a little bit more. And I love Corey. I think Corey's a great goalie. But I think Chicago, if Malcolm resigns there, that could be a nice spot for him. So, yes, I'm always watching him. Uh, I've seen him, you know, several times. We've had a chance to talk several times. But the biggest thing for him right now, and I just actually spoke to his off-season goalie coach, Andy Kyoto, who is the associate goalie coach of your Pittsburgh Penguins. Right. He works with them back home in the summer, as well as with uh, Jordan Bennington, 
who was a Stanley Cup winner for the St. Louis Blues and all star sure. this year, by the way. So they skate together. And uh, Chico, as he's known, Kyoto had some great things to say about Malcolm and some of the things that they're trying to focus in on here as he goes forward. I hope uh, so, yeah, nothing but some of the same things. Sure. Yeah. I- I hope nothing but success for him. You know, uh, I think, you know, I know Mark Andre and I, I think he actually, everyone loves the guy. He's like the coolest teammate ever. Just the happiest guy you ever met in your life. And I'm sure that he implored his wisdom on him and helped him and gave him tons of tips. So when you were, uh, I think he was in really good hands in Vegas and I think his career is going to benefit because of it. When you were in Owen and in, uh, in Ottawa, what kind of BS did, did you have to put up with as a black hockey player? You, you said earlier that you had to deal with it bad in the O. And as you talk to your friends and all your uh, peers and all your brothers that you mentioned that came to your hockey camp, that every, every black player in the league that you're friends with, and I know you're friends with all of them, I know they've told you horror stories about abuse and, and BS that they had to deal with with drunken fans and uh, it, you name it, media, white executive totally. suits, uh, front office people yeah. that were closet racist, whatever you, you had to have seen it all, dude. Big time. Yeah, I have, I did. And I have, and you know, what's hard about that is it's a zero sum game because it's, it's an invisible, it's almost like an invisible enemy in a sense. It's like you're fighting a ghost and you're fighting something you should never have to fight. So basically, when I was in junior, for example, I had some lifelong friends, some great buddies that I'm friends with to this day. I uh, just talked to one of my former junior teammates, Luigi Kelci, who uh, went on to play pro in Germany. He's over in Germany now. He coaches the U13 Mannheim team, youth hockey. But, uh, you know, I have him, Jamie Storrs, my goalie partner, who went on to play in the NHL with the LA Kings. He's a sure. first-round pick. So some of those guys, Andrew Burnett, so many of those guys were great to me and with me, and we're, we're lifelong friends. Dave Nemoroski. I love Bruno. Uh, just to name a few, but but some, but here's what's weird, Bruno, right? But here's what's yeah, that's uh, my guy. Here's what's weird about it. Awesome guy, Bruno. Used to lend us his uh, Chevy Chevette to drive back and forth from Toronto. Right. When I first <laughs> he was on the Thrashers when I did play by play for him. He was my guy, man. There you go. Yeah, Bruno's top shelf people, man. So uh, th- I think the biggest thing. For me, is I went to a small town two and a half hours north of Toronto and Owen Sound, like I said. And, you know, where it really hit me was there was a girl in the calf that was like kind of getting up in my face and she yelled the N word. She was saying the N word like to my face, like repeatedly. So that was the first kind of incident I had where that was concerned in our high school. It was during our rookie initiation. So she started up and that became a thing. And um, from there, there's certain fans that would be in different arenas with my parents and my sister, you know. Different family members, friends would go to games. The the odd drunk person, the odd sober person, like my parents are sitting there, you know, that type thing in the stands. And I remember specifically one of my old teammates in junior posted this on Facebook. He's like, I remember we were playing and we had myself and two other brothers on our team, two brothers on the opposing team. And I could hear it as clear as day because I was in the net. And at the opening face-off, the opposing team center Iceman, he goes... He said to the ref, he's like, why are we even having a face-off? We should have a jump ball with all these guys out here. So, you know, those are the types of things. Yeah, and then, as you mentioned before, uh, the challenge, too, is, okay, we want you to hop on one leg. All right, we want you to now spin around. All right, cool, you spun around. Okay, well, don't wear this, wear this, buy this car, don't have that car, don't do this. Okay, we're not signing you. 
for fair market value. Okay, we signed you for fair market. Okay, we're going to trade you. Okay, we're going to move you. You know, those types of things in certain instances too, where the disparities in the marketplace in terms of comp sometimes, the disparities, the disparity, excuse me, in terms of opportunity. So uh, those are things where I said before, no young kid, no young girl that aspires to play hockey, nobody from uh, LBGTQ community that aspires to play youth baseball or Pop Warner football or, uh, you know, whatever it is, man, the AAU circuit, no player, no parent, no grandparent, nobody should have to go through that. Uh, every single person should be treated based on their quality of person objectively and more importantly, their ability to play or do the task. No and doubt. That's what comes, that's what comes of this as we go forward, you know? Honestly, like it man, that makes me sick to my stomach. Uh, I have to ask you uh, real quick, Weeksy. Now, I know you're super busy, but I'm so fascinated by the conversation. Uh, Can you hang out after this break and keep going? Because I'm so interested in asking you more. I only have like a minute here. So let me ask you this question. I just wanted to say this uh, from my end of things, because I was in the league and I worked at NHL Network and NHL Live and all these other shows and playoff show. I've done everything. Yep. Here's the thing, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, and I'm going to be uh, just honest. So they used to, I feel like, with Willie O'Ree. Now, I respect Willie. I know Willie. I, I look up to him as a, a legend. He's, you know, Jackie Robinson in the NHL. Fair enough. But I thought, well, in my opinion, in my opinion, I always felt like the NHL kind of rolled Willie out there, like on the ice, like to brag that, that he was there, you know, the first black player and all this mm-hmm. other thing. And I honestly mean this when I say this. I never thought they did anything else. I, I, that was all they ever did. It was like every year the same thing. But here comes Willie. I'm like, this isn't cool. They got to do something else. There's got to be more. Black players, and they got to treat people better. And they can't keep going back to the well with Willie O'Ree. I always felt like that was kind of happening. I used to be like, oh, here we go again with the Willie O'Ree day. It's not good enough. I never thought it was good enough. Now, I got like 30 seconds here, and then we'll come out of the break and keep going. Am I crazy to say that? No, I understand where you're coming from. I think the intention and the spirit and all that Willie accomplished to be in the Jackie Robinson of our sport is incredible. You know, his courage. I've had the chance to speak to him. I know you've had the chance to see him up close. What a story. And there always has to be a tip of the spear. And he's certainly that. We owe him so much gratitude. But behind him came several others. And behind us will come several others. And we have to expand on that bandwidth. You know, we have to expand on that bandwidth, to your point. And we have to hold that thought, Weeksy. Yeah, hit, hold absolutely. that thought. We'll come right Go back ahead. with Kevin Weeks of NHL Network. No problem. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. 
I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Pharrell back on Coast to Coast on Sports Grid and on our national radio network with uh, SB Nation Radio and Sports Byline USA. By the way, just real quick, starting Monday night, uh, overnights 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. East, uh, 10 to 12 West will be on SB Nation Radio, Sports Byline, and Sirius XM 211 Dan Patrick Channel with the new Pharrell on the Bench uh, overnight radio show that I'm doing. So uh, over the weekend, I'll send out links of how you can watch the show while we do it, you can actually watch us like you're watching us right now. So I'll get that to you over the weekend. Uh, we're stoked about it. Uh, and it's great to have my uh, badass friend Kevin Weeks on the uh, show today. And he's now broken the record for the longest appearance ever on TV because we get we get one segment with people. If we get two, it's a miracle. And then I texted in the show. I said, I'm not done. And they said, go for it. And to go three segments, Weeks, he's setting the standard over here. All right, so let me ask you. Well, first you of all, five, whatever you need. Listen, bro, I love you. And I want you to know how grateful I am that you did this because I know how busy you are and crazy. And you're doing five million shows and you're making appearances everywhere. You're doing this, you're doing that. You're all over the place. So to take time out of your day on a Friday to do this, I appreciate you. I owe you a steak uh, and, uh, and a My beer. Pleasure, man. So, so let me ask you, um, yeah. when, so w- what I said was, is that I didn't think the league did anything else yeah. besides, that was my opinion. And then, but I, yeah, I, I saw today that Gary went out of his way and, and they're starting four committees, initiatives. They're going to try to do something bigger and better for what's going on in the world right now with the move that I saw this afternoon that they're going to start these committees uh, and, you know, everything about diversity, about race, everything. Uh, are you buying their initiatives? Are you buying that uh, direction and that plan? Here's what, I, here's, here's what I'll say. I think the biggest thing for me, and I've said this for the longest time, is uh, whatever you're doing, you got to be in rinks. And... Um, irrespective of Commissioner Bettman, who's awesome, and the Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly, whoever, whatever you're doing, you have to be in arenas. you got to roll your sleeves up. It's not about speaking on panels. It's not about all these other things. you got to be in arenas. you know. And I, I grew up in rinks. I'm a rink rat, okay? And my dad's still in rinks. He can't even skate. My dad's still in Chester Arena back home in Toronto. I got, I got a coach awesome. yesterday. Yeah, thank you. I got a coach yesterday, Coach Matthew yesterday, that's been – messaging me on Insta for the last five days about some of the racial epithets that are being levied at at six of his players of color for the Pickering Panthers double-A midget team back home. They're U16, under 16. And, you know, I went public with it yesterday, and they play in my old league. 
the GTHL, Greater Toronto Hockey League, which has more NHL players than any league in the world that's produced more players. But more right. importantly, think of all the different girls and the boys that play in that league over the years. So forget all the big names, Stamco, Subban, Brendan Shanahan, whatever era, Eric Lindros, whatever. Forget all the big names. But just consider the fact that there's so many other families that have played that have been a part of youth hockey. So I think it all starts at the grassroots level. You got to be in arenas. So whether it's Hockey Canada back home, USA Hockey here in the states, you've got to be in rinks uh, when you're going to do uh, advocacy. You have to be in rinks. The rinks have to be safe and inclusive and inviting to every family: Italian Americans, Russian Americans, British Americans, uh, White Americans, Black Americans. It doesn't matter, Black Canadians. It doesn't matter who you are. The rinks and any sporting venue needs to be safe. It's connective tissues. They're meant to bring communities together. So you got to start at the grassroots level because you can't start at the NHL and then come top down. There's only 730 people, players in the world out of 7 plus 7.2 billion that are in the NHL. So to me, you got to start at the grassroots first. So all the grassroots hockey up into high school hockey, up into junior and NCAA college hockey, then into the minors, minor pro, and then up to the apex at the NHL level. And it has to be tangible. And there has to be a zero tolerance policy at any venue for any um, hate speech around race, gender, sexual orientation, religion, color, every single arena, every ballpark, every hoops gym, every track to run track, any sporting venue from, again, grassroots to NCAA to pro needs to have that enforced, that zero tolerance policy by anybody that's playing and or attending right. and or an opposing coach or a parent. Keep those venues what they should be, safe and sanctified for sport and for people. I, I agree with you. Listen, uh, honestly, that sickens me that, that kids are getting abused like that. What that would do to a kid's uh, drive and psyche, and then he goes home and he lays in his bed at night or she lays in her bed at night and and then they don't want to go back to the rink. They don't want to go back and deal exactly. with that nonsense. And it ruins their love for the game. And then the, their parents start saying, what's wrong with you? And they say, nothing's wrong. And they hide it. And then they and then they stick it down deep in their soul. And they live with that nonsense. It, it's BS. Let me ask you this question. You, Kevin Weeks with us uh, on Coast to Coast today. Uh, when you uh, say these things, they mean so much. Has the league ever had the stones to ask you to be involved at the highest level from the grassroots in the ranks to, because of your voice, because of your fame, because of your uh, inside, you're inside both the league, the players in the room and the audience of millions all over the world that watch hockey. Your voice has become so big. Have they ever had the stones to ask you? And would you be willing to be a part of that? Yeah, just just for clarity, I'm in addition to being you know on the NHL Network and the face of the NHL Network, as you know all too well, Scotty, I'm on TV more than any hockey analyst in the world, and I'm on TV more than most sports analysts in the world. I'm on TV a lot, but in addition to TV and social, uh, but be, even predating that, I've always done stuff on behalf of the league. You know, I've, I've been to Walter Reed Medical Center. I've been to the White House. I've been to Capitol Hill. I've been to the Congressional Black Caucus on behalf of the league, CBC and DC. Um, I'm also an NHL ambassador. But in saying that, um, there are very few people that are as uniquely qualified as I am to speak on it. You know, there's a handful of players that have played as long as I did that look like me, 
uh, or Anson Carter or um, Manon Rayom, even though, but from a female side, Angela right. James, the great Angela James is a hockey hall of famer. Uh, you know, there's a handful of us that are uniquely qualified. They're uniquely objective enough to be able to really speak to uh, a lot of these issues by way of experience and by way of our experience from being in the arena from literally six years old to the NHL level. And, and so for me, I'm an action person as much as I talk and I get paid to speak. And this is my right. second career and I love the broadcasting craft. I like action. I don't like needless bureaucracy. I don't like positioning right. and all those different things. I like action. I like my sleeves rolled up and let's effectuate some change. So um, I have done a lot on behalf of the league. I look forward to uh, to the opportunity to potentially doing more, but I don't like this type of stuff to be uh, politicized by anybody or anybody that has different agendas. Potentially, it's got to be clean and it's pure because ultimately, if it's not clean and pure, then what is it? And yeah, if it's you know, not, if it's not effective, and if it's not put in action, then what is it? You know, for me, as I said before, as an NHL player, you probably heard me say this today, and a lot of people back in Canada. Uh, which I'll always be grateful for. I'm lucky to have three great countries that are part as a part of my life. Barbados, Canada, the United States. Right. A lot of people back in Canada Barbados. think this is an American problem. It's not. It's not. A, it's not an American problem. I've had more challenges around this, around my race, at home in the country I was born in, than I've had here in the United States. Really? And I've ha- I've been pulled over more times driving with my hockey gear in the summer, going to work, going to the arena with my pads, with my sticks. With my hockey bag, pulled over. Hey, uh, license registration, please. Uh, whose vehicle is this? Here you go, sir. Or here you go, ma'am. Whose vehicle is this? It's mine, sir, ma'am. Like, you know, I, that's happened north of 20 times. You know, my parents have been harassed at the airport. You know, I've been on the, we've been on the wrong side of being exploited by way of some law enforcement officials and some legal officials and things of that nature. Nobody should have to go through that. My parents are 73 and my mom just turned 70 May 15th. I'm a 45-year-old man. So to this date, to date, literally yesterday, we were flying from our place down in Florida, flying back home to our place here in Jersey. We're on the phone right. with my parents. And my mom's like, okay, make sure you have your passport. Make sure you're wearing your mask. Make sure you don't say this. Don't say that. Um, you know, you're already black. You got to be safe. You got to be smart. How is that possible? Right. Like, why would somebody have to go through that? Nobody should ever, nobody, I, I, I shudder to think that any parent should ever have to think that way, but it is the reality. And, you know, my parents have said that for years. And unfortunately we've seen that uh, in the last little while and we've seen it over the years. So I don't think that any parent should have to go through something like that for their son, daughter, granddaughter, grandson, whatever the dynamic is, niece, nephew. As I said, if you don't have humanity 101 and you're not open enough to treat your fellow person with a sense of humanity and you don't want to degrade them based on the color of our skin or their skin or her skin, then what are you if you're not that? Well put, dude. Well put. Let me ask you lastly here. Thank you. Um, sure. I got time. I, I got to ask you. Uh, so as a player, and when you went into broadcasting, you you were a really good player. There's no denying. You made the NHL. You, you got drafted. You made it big time. This and that. I got. But when you got to the broadcasting booth, you really exploded and you became a huge star on television, in my opinion, like way exceeding your playing career. I, I thought you, you were a really Thank good you. player. And I think you've taken your broadcasting career way, way above that. And, and respectfully, sure. in two minutes, if you can, 
Uh, have you experienced that nonsense in broadcasting yeah. that you did yes. as a player? Yes. First of all, thanks to uh, Shirelli Najak, who was our exec producer at Hockey Night in Canada at the time, who's uh, an African Indian, actually, back in Canada, who was running Hockey Night in Canada, who hired me. Also, thanks to Mark Jacobson, who was running the NHL Network at the time, uh, Jewish Canadian, who hired me and gave me the opportunity on the NHL Network. Uh, I, I would say this, and some other people along the way that have been really supportive, from producers to directors, some of our people at the MLB Network slash NHL Network now. But when I first started, Scotty, I was doing NHL Network Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday morning, I go to the airport in Toronto, fly to either Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver to do the West Coast game or where one of the West Coast games was being hosted. Do the pregame show, do the game, do the postgame show after I was with Scott Oak. And at the time, there were some people out West, in Western Canada specifically, that were saying, why is this guy coming out here? Why is he doing these games out West? He doesn't know Western. He doesn't know what it is to be Western. Bro, I played in the league for all these years. I'm broadcasting on the NHL network Monday through Thursday. So it's so weird that some people reacted like that. For the most part, the fans were great. As fate would have it, my girlfriend and her family are from Western Canada. Now, Calgary um, specifically, which is pretty interesting, and Whitehorse. But in saying that, at the time, there, there was a segment of people that were really outspoken about that. And I was the first black full-time broadcaster in NHL history, right, in 91 years. And from then, um, it was interesting to see that it elicited that sentiment. But I got to say, overwhelmingly, we have a lot of amazing fans, for the most part, around the world that love our sport and love our great athletes that have been welcoming to me. I'd be remiss right. if I didn't uh, thank all of them who have been so supportive and who watch us on the NHL Network, who see me on different platforms, my Instagram live show, at Kev Weeks, but also that have sent me messages. Scotty, people I've never met before that have sent me messages that have been so supportive and echoing support. So I also don't want to turn those people away that have right. been not only supportful of me or supportive, excuse me, of me, but also very supportive of, of the movement NAACP and trying to uh, erase systemic racism that's taken place uh, here in North America for well, listen, over years. Uh, so I, I, gotta I really tell shout you. out those people. Thanks again. Uh, no doubt. And uh, listen, Weeksy, do me a favor. Uh, keep, Knocking yeah. them dead. You're awesome on TV. Keep loving hockey. No, thank you. Keep loving people and the fans that love you. I love you. Thanks for coming on today. Oh, and go Penguins. Catching, another Stanley Cup Penguins, baby. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> we see. We see. <laughs> dailyrodo.com learn from the game's best dfs players we don't just give you premier advice we play every day all major sports all year round we never stop industry leading dfs tools and custom projections and now the dailyrodo.com optimizer in minutes build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys learn from the game's best dfs players join dailyrodo.com Pharrell back on Coast to Coast. Great having Kevin Weeks on from the NHL Network. I've known uh, Kevin forever. And uh, Mafia and Carver High both had a running bet going that uh, Kevin would blow me off today on purpose as a joke. That he would say he was going to do the show. And then 
the minute uh, before the show, uh, he was supposed to go on that he would have a beer and a sandwich and sit on his sofa and pass out and not do the show. That was what Carver High had three to one odds. Mafia uh, bet him $100 that Weeks would blow me off. So he owes uh, Carver High a bunch of money. I uh, I knew he would do it all along. I never doubted. Those guys were had running bets that Weeks, he would blow me off. So see what I mean? Carver High and Mafia, awful people. Just awful. Always trying to sabotage me. All right, here we go. <laughs> all right, uh, I have no idea what I just said at all. I don't have any idea. Uh, here's Chris in Connecticut. Hey, bro, do you see my boy Matt Harvey might go play in Korea now? Uh, can you believe what happened with this guy? <laughs> Carver High, that's your boy, the black, the, uh, what is he, the Dark Knight? The Dark Knight, baby, the Dark Knight, uh, I guess, taking his talents to Korea. He's interested in doing that. As we know, it didn't go very well for him with the Angels last year. Man, that guy was the biggest rising star in New York City. Can you believe that? Um, you know, when he first came on the scene, and ever since that night, he walked off the mound in that ninth inning, the World Series against the Royals. It just hasn't been the same for him. That guy, literally, they followed him everywhere he went in New York. When he got when when he was with the Mets, literally, he was the biggest tabloid story and sensation. I mean, who's been bigger? I mean, basically, he's like Jeter, David Wright, those guys, enormous celebrity status. And meanwhile, uh, he sucked. I mean, it's just unbelievable how bad that guy fell off a cliff. Like, he's going to go play in Korea. I mean, we have hit a new low. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.